Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love of Life podcast. And tonight we're going to be talking about homeschooling with some real homeschooling professionals coming up next. Christian education. Because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the light is the love of life. This is the Love of Life podcast. Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. And we're back. We're joined with uh we're joined by David and Heather Kesselring. And it's just it's really great to see you guys. I wish we actually had you over for the interview. We live close enough. Um, but I thought maybe we could just start with some brief introductions here. Uh just sure. kind of what you do for a living and also how many kids you have. Sounds good. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, as Jesse mentioned, uh, my name is David. I am an analytical chemist uh, for a living. So I work in a laboratory, wear a lab coat all day. Um, um, a good portion of my job right now is helping um, a team of chemists uh, with solve problems. We're developing uh, generic formulations of, of pharmaceuticals. Um, and uh, besides that, I also uh, sometimes uh, work on houses. And uh, <laughs> you work on houses. You work on houses on, on weekends. Yeah, uh, we have a weekend game. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say that he's a scientist by day and a carpenter by night. So. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Renaissance man. Yes, uh, try yeah. to do a little bit of everything. That is a little bit of everything. Yeah, and then I am a stay-at-home, sort of, stay-at-home mom of four kids. Our oldest is 20. That's Tyler. He graduated a couple of years ago. And then Judah is 14. Uh, Augustine is 12. Adelaide is 9, going to be 10. And in addition to homeschooling, I have been able to use kind of my background with interior decorating and design and then a few years ago, got my real estate license. So wow. all of it together for us to be able to provide services with our uh, home, I guess, business, Kesslering Homes. And yeah, that's been a fun adventure and journey. And we like to incorporate the kids into that as much as possible. Oh, yeah, I bet. That's really great. Okay, so you guys are second generation homeschoolers yourselves, right? You grew up in the homeschooling world. Yes, that is correct. We were both home educated all the way through our backgrounds. And I guess our journey through homeschooling certainly looked different. Uh, Our parents had different backgrounds. And so they were, I think every homeschool experience is different, but it's fun to be able to draw from the different strengths and weaknesses and kind of craft our own thing. What made you guys want to homeschool your own children? Well, for me personally, I would say it was a really positive experience being home educated. I grew up in a neighborhood with 29 other kids, and there were kids in the neighborhood that went to private school and public school. I was the only one that was home educated. And so I think in that sense, it helped me to be able to have a point of reference or a comparison to see what I was getting at the time. And then as I grew up and graduated and really started looking, reflecting back on that and then seeing kind of 
what the alternative looked like. It made me appreciate home education that much more. And I would say one of the primary things was the fact that I was able to get my school done really quickly and then go explore my other interests uh, in a way that my contemporaries didn't have the opportunity to do that. And then my mom just, I don't know if it was because of her background in education. She was a public school teacher. So it, it could have been that or personality or combination, but she made learning so much fun mm. and just really instilled a love of learning and pursuit of knowledge. And so those things combined, I believe, probably lent itself to just this overall really positive experience. And then because of that experience, wanting to be able to provide the same thing for our kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. I mean, I think from my experience, uh, I, uh, like Heather said, um, my view of homeschooling uh, was very positive. Um, my experience homeschooling was very positive. It looked it looked very different than Heather's. Um, my mom uh, ended up with a more relaxed, less structured version of homeschooling. So. Um, I think the the benefits and the positives that that ended up um, um, kind of forming in my life was uh, an ownership of, of education early on. Um, I just decided that if I was going to uh, do anything beyond um, kind of the bare minimum, then I had to, to own it and, and, um, and I, really took charge of my education probably as a a, a sophomore in high school um mm-hmm. kind of decided what books i was going to read <laughs> what curriculum and what classes i was going to take and um and kind of drove my education that had the the positive and negative effects of kind of instilling a belief that i could do anything if i just tried and um uh, I've been living with that uh, misguided <laughs> belief ever since. <laughs> and here he is an analytical scientist because he got to choose what he read. There you That's go. pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. So did you guys know from the very beginning, from the get-go of your marriage, hey, when we have kids, we're going to homeschool. Was that like just a, a <laughs> preconceived notion? It just... Even before uh, we were officially dating that... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We both uh, thought homeschooling was the best um, <laughs> educational um, style. We were those arrogant, nerdy kids that before we got married were discussing, you know, theology and politics and knew, yeah, pre- thought we had it all figured out before <laughs> we got married and had kids and realized that wasn't quite true, but, <laughs> but it still worked. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Did you guys, you've homeschooled always then, your children? You just had a child graduate and his whole education was at home, right? Yes, we were responsible for his education all the way through. We certainly took advantage of different classes, co-ops, tutoring, and a lot of the different offerings that homeschooling had. And that's different with each of our kids. So I think 
when I really, when, when we first had Tyler, it was that bright eyed conquer the world kind of idealism. I wanted to craft my own curriculum. I wanted to be his sole teacher. I was so excited about educating this little boy. And then, you know, you, there was humility that came along the way, coupled with just realizing, seeing the the beauty and the advantage of taking advantage of the resources that were available to me. And and then like on the this end of things where, you know, I have the 20 year old who's graduated and I still have eight more years to go. I'm tired. <laughs> so it's just really nice to have that community to draw for strength from and then also just have that external accountability. So I would say that we've probably leaned into that more as the kids have gotten older. And and then some of it too is been educating to each of their strengths. So the things that Tyler was interested in and the things that Judah's interested in and their trajectories have looked differently. And so we're still, I would say we're still crafting an education that makes sense for them, but it's it's looking different for each of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the beautiful things about homeschooling. Can you even flesh that out a little bit more for us? Like what are some of their interests or their inclinations that you're able to really lean into because you're homeschooling things that you see in them or even how you're gearing what they're learning? Sure. So for Tyler, he has always been more hands-on. He loves physical manual labor and really was from a fairly early age kind of resisted the idea of higher education. Uh, I think for both David and I, like we value learning and we value academics, we value education. So our goal was that by the time he graduated, he would be able to go and do anything that he wanted. I am a huge fan of a liberal arts education, just a well-rounded person. And so there were things that I pushed him in that I would say weren't necessarily his strengths or leaning. And with the reasoning that you know, what you do later is on you, but I want you to have this to fall back on. And, and so, but in addition to that, he started his own business early uh, on care and landscaping. He actually got his first job at 14 and worked for a local greenhouse. He just, he loved being outside and working with his hands. So finding those avenues and outlets for him while still um, calling him to this academic standard that we had. Now, Judah is very self-disciplined, very self-motivated, and has expressed a desire to go into surgery. And so for him, it's it's been more of like, okay, if that's the path you're going to take, I know that there are classes that we need to make sure that you have through high school. There's grades that you're going to have to get. There's honors level courses that are going to be necessary. And so there have been um, some of the things that we've taken advantage of, like he's 
um, been able to take biology from a PhD biologist at Washington University. Um, he's a wonderful, godly man who it's just been a fabulous thing for him to be able to do. And then um, my best friend's husband is an ER doctor. And so they've had the opportunity the past three, three or four summers to go to Charlotte, South Carolina and stay for about six weeks during the summer with them. And Andrew has done things like ordered fetal pigs for all the kids to dissect, take everything out, put it back together in the right order, stitch it up. And then we've bought like suture pads for Judah and he'll like practice suturing. And <laughs> so Tyler works for our home business, Kesslering Homes doing like contracts work. And he calls me one day and he goes, mom, can you stitch? And I was like, I mean, I can patch things. And he's like telling me, no, I mean, like, can you stitch my hand? I go, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so he tells me he like had sliced it with a utility knife. And I'm like, no, I can't stitch your hand. Like go to the urgent care ER. <laughs> and then in the background, you just like, I can do it. And I'm like, um, I don't know about that. And Tyler said, yeah. Absolutely. So Judah ends up, he's FaceTiming our friends in Charlotte and talking him through some stuff. He ends up stitching Tyler's hand. And Andrew, our friend, just said, those are amazing stitches. So there's hopefully not a fact right there. That's amazing. And then Augustine, our 12-year-old, is really interested in going into engineering. So We've really pursued robotics with him and are looking into more STEM courses that he can take. Uh, again, there's the basics, right, Courtney? I mean, you do this too. So they have to have their math. They have to have their language arts. There's there's subjects they have to do, but there's so much extra time because they get to manage that and we're not bound by all of these distractions that they would otherwise have. And so they can get those core things done and then have the time. Augie spends hours a day just in his room building and crafting and he has a 3D printer and, you know, anything that kind of lends itself to that he is constantly working on. And and then Adelaide wants to be the best mom ever is what she says. So. <laughs> And sometimes a veterinarian, so she has like a room full of horses and a room full of dolls. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. At what ages did you guys start to take seriously those interests and say, oh, this is the path you want to take. We're going to reach out to this friend that we have that's in the medical field and line you up for that. Or maybe it's too early for that. And maybe that's not, he's going to change his mind. How do you kind of balance that? Whatever age it became readily apparent to us that they had strengths in those areas mm -hmm. and or they expressed desire. So mm -hmm. like Judah uh, very clearly decided this is what he wanted to do and and outlined his plan. And we're like, okay, we're, we're all in. <laughs> and both of our perspective is there's really no downside to learning. So like if, if they learn a bunch of stuff and change their minds later, they, they don't lose anything by being uh, uh, an engineer who could also stitch uh, mm -hmm. hands up. <laughs> sure. And, um, and Augie, um, I think in, 
a, a less concrete way, but uh, has very clearly expressed uh, kind of his direction and what he desires. Um, uh, Tyler was much more of a kind of, it, it was never as clear. Like, uh, I think we always knew he would end up probably owning his own business or, or <laughs> some type of leadership. Yeah, he had uh, tremendous giftings and, and leanings towards leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and management um and, and like heather said he loves working hard so that kind of is a recipe for starting your own business <laughs> <laughs> so i think uh our with him we we desired to kind of round him out so he didn't end up too one-sided so we we pushed him some in directions that he probably would have been less inclined to go on his own um just to, to make sure he had uh, the balance. Yeah. No. So you guys have multiple children and that's multiple students and it's different ages. So it's disparate there. So did you find that difficult, Heather, teaching kids in different grades as they were growing up? And at what age did they sort of take on the role of, hey, now I can go off in the other room and do most of my work myself? So I would say that that is completely student dependent in yeah. terms of going off in the room. But I would, I think, so there was a huge age gap between me and my youngest sibling. So I did get to see this aspect of home education modeled for me. And my mom really latched on to unit studies. So that was something that I was eager to implement in our home education. And in the early years, we did a lot of unit studies. So that looks like our history and our English language arts, the writing projects that they would do, the art projects that they would do, even the music. And when we could, the science were all tied into, uh, the spine was kind of learning history chronologically. So for instance, we would have in ancient history when we spent probably a semester studying um, Euclid in like that was interwoven into the rest of the curriculum, but we were studying Euclid and we used that in the math that we were doing. And um, so the music would be the music from the time and the art projects would be based upon that time period. And the literature that we were reading was based upon that time period. And that was great because all of the kids could participate in that. You know, the art projects are going to look different. Uh, Tyler's are going to be more advanced than Adelaide's at that age. And, and the math was always something that was, apart from supplementing, like with Euclid, um, the math is going to be, you know, Tyler's in his fifth grade math and Judah's in his first grade math, et cetera. So they're going to have their math books that are separate, but they can listen to the same books. They can, you know, listen to the same history. They're going to listen to the same music. And, and that was something we did for a really long time. I would say as they got older, once, really once Tyler hit high school, that became a challenge because we were utilizing so many of the outside classes and those ended up dictating what he had to do at home. And it really kind of shook things up. And from that point, we started kind of deviating from the unit studies. And then I was really it felt like for the first time I was teaching four separate grade levels, if you will. Uh, and I think is it there were challenges to it, but really 
in some ways, it was just different. It's not apples to apples. It's more of me overseeing their individual curriculums and less of us all sitting down together to study these various things together. So I don't know, again, just having had that modeled, having lived through that, I don't know anything different, (laughs) Uh, but each stage has looked different. And I'm not sure that any one of those stages were harder than another. They were just different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any favorite moments or things you've studied like throughout the time of homeschooling? Probably too many to name, but anything Mm -hmm. come to mind readily? (laughs) I was going through all of Tyler's schoolwork after graduation and crying because (laughs) all the sweet memories, I think hands down, and Tyler has echoed this before too, just the read alouds, sitting together and reading the stories that we read together are my favorite. And I know that I love hearing that those were times he enjoyed also. And I hope to hear the same thing from the other kids. Um, And it was nice, too, because we got to wrangle David into some of that. You know, he would come home in the evening and whatever, because homeschooling is so dynamic and you are really able to build your schedule around whatever happens to be going on. So if we decide to go out for the day and take advantage of the weather or a field trip and homeschooling is, you know, running, bleeding into the evening and David would just jump right in. And I loved that. You know, he would do science experiments with the kids or we got to sit down and read together. And I think those are favorites too, just that we were, we were able to do it all together. And yeah. Yeah. Any book titles stand out? Oh, Courtney. uh, (laughs) That is such a hard one. Um, One of our favorite series, which this isn't even education related, but was the wing feather saga. I don't know if you've read those with your kids. I I read those to our boys. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good journey. Awesome. Yeah. Harriet, James Harriet, those stories we loved. And I read those to the kids cheaper by the dozen. Have you ever read that? Mm -mm, No. So that book is hilarious. If you know, the Aiken family at all. It reminded me so much of some of the things that they did in their family, but it's this hilarious short book. Um, And disclaimer, there is a fair amount of language in it, but it was written in the twenties or, or was the family going through life in the twenties? Yeah, I think so. And he was both the husband and the wife. Um, They were like efficiency engineers And they did things like he would write Morse code messages on their uh, vacation home walls and the kids would have to figure out the messages and it made them learn Morse code or he would have them listen to French when they were in the bathroom. And like he was constantly using every last second for them to be learning something. (laughs) And it's a whole hilarious book and that's one we've read a few times and James Harriet those are just really sweet stories that we loved we read through a couple times as well and then PBS came out with a little documentary like mini series on covering the books 
And we've really enjoyed that. Tyler would come home and watch it with us in the evenings, even after he moved out. So (laughs) that was a favorite. Yeah. Have you had to do multiple rounds of the read alouds? With we the have. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a few <laughs> that we've read them twice. A lot of the history books, there's just so many books out there that we didn't necessarily have to repeat a lot, but there would be those special ones that, you know, you would read a few times because they were just too good to pass up. Yeah. No. So we know you guys are a bit of an anomaly because you're analytical scientists and successful entrepreneurs and, and, and everything. But what happens when a kid gets to the high school age and say there's a subject, maybe math, maybe not for you guys, but for other people, other parents and teachers, you get to a certain level and it gets rather difficult, say physics or chemistry, something of that nature. Um, what did you ever get to that point? And if so, what do you do? Do you seek outside help or tutelage or what do you do? Yeah, go ahead. I I, I think um, I can answer that two ways. Um, In my own experience growing up, uh, having an interest in chemistry, like my dad was an electrician, um, which is, I mean, not a uh, an art uh, field, but um, isn't science, uh, at least in the same way. And my mom was an artist. um, And so they chose to to use uh, dual enrolling. So I, I took my first chemistry class at a college and um, that that served uh, me very well. Um, math, I was pretty much uh, on my own to figure it out or, or find somebody who could help me. Um, and then for our kids, um, I think we didn't run into kind of those subjects where it was necessary from a an expertise perspective, but it did sometimes at various points, um, we found it helpful to have other people teach those subjects or any particular subject um, just because the kids uh, needed to have um, structure outside of the home. There's so so much structure, so much responsibility and, and, and pressure do things inside the home. Sometimes it was nice to have somebody else making <laughs> making your kids do things. <laughs> we loved, uh, and I think um, particularly Judah did really well with a math class a few years back that he took outside the home. And um, Tyler took a number of classes. And then Heather has been uh, very... Um, influential with a group of other moms in creating a a learning resource called Faith Academy. And that basically hires um, appropriate expertise uh, to teach. Um, So they'll hire a physicist to teach physics. And if they can get enough students to sign up for that class, uh, to to make it worth everybody's time, then it'll be a class. Uh, I taught chemistry one year. I'm looking forward to doing that again. Um, like uh, even things like uh, literature and, and um, reason, uh, logic, those kind of things. Um, at times, we've, we've pulled in other people who have expertise to to teach those. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, that was kind of what I was going to say is just like, 
it really didn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you can't teach. There were huge benefits for our kids in at different times in different ways to have that outside accountability. Or I mean, sometimes <laughs> I've reached a point with the boys where mom deadlines just are not as serious as that tutor's deadlines. And so that was really helpful. Uh, And I think that's kind of the same thing is like, it's that outside accountability, but they do take those deadlines a little bit more seriously than they take moms once they get to a certain (laughs) age. So that was really great. And the Faith Academy, there are so, I would just say, I mean, for other people who are kind of wondering, you know, where do I go for that? I would, if they're in a place where they don't have the same resources that we have, because there's, there are so many learning centers here in St. Louis Mm -hmm. and just, there are free resources and there are paid resources. And then there, we have such great relationships with all of the community colleges and the local universities. But if I you know, backtrack to when our moms were doing this. And uh, I think Amy likes to call it the wild west days of homeschooling, where you had to do, you know, you figured it all out on your own. I just remember my mom and other moms, like when, you know, you reached a point where you needed something, they were the ones kind of knocking down the doors saying, hey, you know, this physicist at a university, we have this group of 10 kids, we'd be willing to pay you, would you be interested in coming and teaching this class? And they made it happen. So even if the the resource isn't already in place, it's, you know, if it exists, great, no reason to reinvent the wheel. But if it doesn't exist, you can make it happen anywhere, anyhow. I'm always blown away at the amount of people that I talk to and encounter who they're willing to pour time into students' lives. There are so many people willing to come alongside and mentor and teach. And I'm also just continually surprised by the amount of people who love the idea of helping homeschoolers, even if they have no connection to homeschooling. So I would just encourage anyone to, you know, don't let that be the reason to stop you because you can where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever find over the years that you needed to change your teaching style at all, or perhaps curriculum per per student? <laughs> every, every personality is different, even when they come from you two. Every child is different. <laughs> right? How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes we look at some of our kids, we're like, where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. So each of the kids have had a little bit learned different learning style. Tyler was dyslexic. So that was a huge hurdle for me. Uh, I was reading and writing at a really early age. And for some reason, just expected all of my kids would be doing the same. And that was a lot of tears for both of us, just as we kind of struggled through that together and found that he learned so much better auditorily. So, you know, in high school, when you were doing, we did classical conversations, uh, two of the years of high school, and he's supposed to read 21 books in one of the, you know, those school years. And for somebody who's dyslexic, and so much of it reading was 
if he had to physically read the book, then he wasn't able to really process the information. And, and it was, so we audiobooks. I mean, all the way. And this was a kid that this is probably the reason he loved to read aloud so much too. You know, we would, I had to probably until he was 10 read absolutely everything to him. So I read his math lesson to him. I mean, everything. And, but that said, we could read a chapter in history and then not do the review test for several weeks. And he would answer every question perfectly because he retained information so well auditorily. Judah is more visual. So you just hand him his assignments and he's golden. And so we've had to do different things with each of the kids because of that. And then Augustine, he's so creative. And yes, so it's constantly tweaking for each of them and using just, you know, figuring out what worked for each one as we went. We've talked a lot. (laughs) It's different every year. (laughs) That's good. They never keep it even for you. (laughs) Keep you on your toes. (laughs) We've talked a lot about the educational part, but how has homeschooling impacted just your family dynamics? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think uh, it's allowed for a lot of flexibility. Um, We like to travel and there's been Mm -hmm. various points in uh, my career where I've had travel opportunities. I can think back to a couple. One was kind of an opportunity to uh, go over to Ireland and help a lab there. implement a a method that we had developed. Um, And so uh, when that opportunity came along, um, Heather and I prayed (laughs) and God like miraculously gave us uh, enough money to cover the cost. And we flew everybody over there and they got to enjoy Ireland and I got to work. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Recommend. <laughs> it was like two weeks in the middle of a school year that probably wouldn't have been possible for most people. Um, another similar situation, uh, I was speaking at a conference in Philadelphia. And so I, I basically had a week of uh, responsibility at that conference in Philadelphia. And I tacked onto that like two weeks of vacation. Um, and so we did like an East Coast tour. They got the tour of Philadelphia for the week I was there. And then we went down and saw Washington, D.C. and various places in Virginia, all the way down to Charleston. Um, and so things like that. We love traveling and um, and homeschooling gives, especially before the high school years when the kids were nailed down to classes. But um there is still more flexibility to, to do that. Um, Yeah. And one of the things that we did, so I guess it was the year before Tyler went into high school, I decided that I wanted to take the year off. The kids still had to do math and English language arts, but we were going to build our entire curriculum around traveling and literature. And so we had, I don't know if you know, the St. Louis Science Center membership has reciprocity with 300 museums uh, nationally. 
Mm-hmm. And then there are just a lot of places that are free. So we just planned a lot of different trips and I would research everything in that area that we could do. And we were able to build a couple of those around his uh, work travel. So we had three weeks in Lexington and um, and then the month that we were gone on the East Coast. And that was just, that was such a special year. It was so neat. And I think what's fun about, about all of that is our so our kids in terms of like the dynamics i our kids fight right we're human and <laughs> we all have sinful natures and i am selfish and um we all can get grumpy and upset with each other but in an overall sense we love being together and yeah. i don't know like when i'm just kind of silently observing I feel like that is definitely a benefit to homeschooling, just having our family home all day. I think one thing that's been huge and sometimes when we all get kind of grumpy, realizing like, oh, we didn't start our day off, right? And so being able to just go back and kind of like read the Bible and pray together and kind of have that set the tone for our day. And then, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just really cool to like your kids. And <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So I think that's been a huge benefit. And since Tyler has graduated, you know, that seemed that felt so far away. Sure. 10 years ago. And it happened so fast. And so now that one is gone, I think that also makes me relish the time that we have together that much more because I miss him and I miss him being part of that dynamic. And I know that with each one of them, as they leave, that dynamic's going to change. And I want to make the most of, you know, what we have and enjoy it while it lasts and know that there's good things to come too. Like that next season is going to be sweet and beautiful and messy and hard in its own way. But what we have, what we had and what we have is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll add one thing to that. I, uh, Heather mentioned um, in the last uh, question, the Faith Academy that uh, she and some of the moms put on. They, they hired a chef who owns a restaurant in St. Louis, and she has taught the kids how to cook. And because Heather and I like cooking, um, now we have like uh, five kids or four five of us in the kitchen who all like to cook so i mean just another way that homeschooling affects kind of all aspects of life like, we'll all get together and make a meal together and it's fun food is always a great benefit for sure yes. <laughs> can't go wrong when people are making food um uh-huh. One of the things that outsiders have often questioned or say cast dispersions on the homeschooling world is socialization. Do you feel like your kids got uh, socialization growing up? <laughs> so I, this one kills me every time, Jesse. Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Resounding. Yes. I, it's interesting. I understand sort of the question just because like before I was homeschooled, when my mom pitched the idea to my dad, it was one of it was the top three things was, is she going to be normal? Is she going to have socialization? 
I think his first question was, is it legal? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I remember that question. Yeah. But having gone through home education, I think, and then now being able to walk through this journey with my kids and just seeing so many of the relationships that I have, I'm a very social person. I love being around people and I need friendships. And so many of the relationships that I have today are relationships that I was able to build in some of them elementary school, some of them middle school, some of them high school. And not that, I mean, I have a lot of friends that I have met since then, but to be able to have those types of relationships and then to see some of that created with our kids that just are relationships that look like they're going to continue and be able to carry on, I think is really sweet and unusual. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was unusual until my friends that I have had since then have commented on that being unusual. Um, So I think that's been one benefit is just the ability to build really deep, meaningful relationships. And I have a lot of friends who are public school teachers or have students in school and all of them will tell me as we have these conversations about that socialization question or just saying the relationships that our kids are having in school are not, there's not a lot of time to build relationship, to build community. And I think because we're home educating for most homeschool moms, that is something that they're trying to do very intentionally. So there's a lot of time that is being built into each of our students' lives to allow for and accommodate these deeper, meaningful relationships. And apart from that, you know, there are the co-ops and the field trips and the classes and the sports and the list goes on. But yeah. I think I think already from the example that you two are and from what you've told us about your children, this question is kind of Um, just a give me, but have you seen that homeschooling limits at all your chances of getting into college or if you don't go the college route, starting a career? My personal opinion, and I just shared this with my students. I was wrapping up a personal finance class for high schoolers uh, last week and trying to express to them because here's a group of students who this is the only thing that they know. And I think there's a little bit of like, they take it for granted. And so what I was sharing with them is that I personally believe that home education doesn't guarantee your success. It won't guarantee anybody's success, but home education allows for a a level of academic and social and personal uh, ability that I don't see any other educational system being able to provide. So I think that because of that, if you take advantage of all the things that homeschooling has to offer, then you absolutely are putting yourself in a position that colleges want you. I mean, even, you know, still today, we talk to people in at the university level and they love homeschoolers because in general, 
the data has shown that the students try harder, um, achieve higher, pursue harder, that there's the type of students that they want in their classes. And there's, the, it, when I say that and those words come out of my mouth, I'm just like, this sound, it sounds so arrogant. Um, but this isn't personal opinion, right? Like I've looked at the statistics, looked at the data and seen these numbers. It's not that there aren't people coming from all of the other educational systems that aren't doing the same thing. It's just when they're looking at the percentages, they're saying that this piece of the pie of the home educator students, that this is what they're seeing them producing. And so they love home educated students. And because of that, there's been a desire and I guess they're making sure facilitating those um, those scholarships and those places for homeschoolers. And, and it's, you know, at the beginning, like when we were starting, it was all so new and it was really, it really was a pioneering. So people were, you know, these people in these educational facilities are making exceptions. They're creating rules because they nothing pre-existed. Whereas <laughs> now, it's just you take the test and you you fill out your essay and you you know pathways are all defined. Just yeah, <laughs> just like anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. It, go ahead. Oh, so basically, this begs the question: Is homeschooling for everyone? In your personal opinion, I mean, we've seen the demise of the public school system for over a hundred years. We've gone into that before on this podcast many times, but you know, I. Is homeschooling for everyone or are there also other alternatives that are fine or okay? I almost said something when Heather was talking in the last question um, because we've both seen uh, students who have come out of homeschooling without the education that they deserve Mm -hmm. and not as prepared for life as they ought to be. and. I think what uh, a parent needs to recognize is that homeschooling is very hard work. <laughs> like it's, it's, you can't um, just take your kids out of school and expect that they're going to become educated by being at home. It's not COVID schooling. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so, I, I mean, Heather and I, for all of our enthusiasm and love, for the opportunities that homeschooling uh, does offer. Like we've always said, it's not not a one uh, size fits all. It's not for everyone. Um, we think there are people who are just not well suited for teaching their own kids. And we think there are kids who are not well suited for learning from their own parents. Mm-hmm. And um if you find yourself in one of those situations, there are alternatives. Um, unfortunately, uh, there are not as many great alternatives as I'd like there to be. I mean, I agree that the public school system is uh, kind of a last resort almost. Um, and not because there aren't excellent teachers. Fantastic. Like, yeah, just, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's uh, a whole like the array system is broken. of <laughs> yeah, systematic problems. Are... Um, 
wonderful teachers, but yeah. But we've seen fantastic students come out of public schools mm -hmm. and we've seen fantastic students come out of private schools and we've seen some fantastic students come out of homeschooling. Um, I think um, one of the things that I think is really important, whatever education style you choose is just to model a love of education, a love of learning in your family. Um, it's something that Heather and I, uh, I sincerely, like we're not just trying to put on an act for our kids, but like we do love learning. We love uh, reading books. We love discovering new things. Uh, I am, 45 years old almost and trying to learn a, a foreign language and um, I'll uh, delve into machine learning and, and AI and what all that is and, and different things like that. Uh, not because I'm going to switch careers and become uh, an AI engineer. It's uh, just, I, I want to know as much as I can about the world around me. Um, and Heather uh, is an artist, not a scientist, but she feels the exact same way. Um, and so um, it's my hope that my kids see that and some of it rubs off on them. Um, and But, but even um, in those families who haven't chose to homeschool, the ones who have uh, high performing, high achieving students, typically uh, I see that love of learning in their home, uh, whatever education style they, they choose. I used to, you probably remember, but Pastor Vaughn used to say that whatever education path you choose for your child, you are still responsible for their education. And I think that is so key. So whether or not you drop your kids off at the public school or the private school, or you keep them home, like their education is still your responsibility. And so some of that, I think with the parents who have that love of learning, it also is typical that those parents are also just really taking initiative in their children's education and and pursuing things outside of even what they're learning at in school or maybe they're you know rolling up their sleeves and being the ones that are helping them with their science projects or dig deeper in the subject or pulling books out for this thing and i think that is key to setting your student up for success so yeah anyone is interested in homeschooling, they maybe want to get started. I feel like it's also kind of overwhelming because there is so much available. Do you have any advice, anything that you can say, if you're just beginning, don't overthink about this or don't be worried about high school. If you have a kindergartner, any entry <laughs> advice for those families considering it? Yeah, I think just like we do with anything else, you can do a Google search <laughs> and find <laughs> group in your area and reach out to somebody in that group. And I would definitely recommend that if you talk to somebody that you don't click right away, or they say something that turns you off, like don't allow that to be the thing that prevents you from taking the next step. Like just, um, 
I don't know, with anything that I do, if I am looking for a doctor and I don't like the first doctor that I run into, I'm going to go to a different doctor. And so I would say with homeschooling and finding a group and a mentor or a coach or somebody, you know, keep asking around until you find that person that really is helpful. And there should be, I believe, most, you know, most cities and towns, certainly major cities are going to have multiple organizations and resources and make it personal. So don't try to do all of the searching and figuring things out online. Use the use that resource to find a person to connect with, reach out to somebody, talk to somebody. And then because there is so much to choose from, I've heard sage advice from some other person, like just pick something and start there and then figure out what you do like and don't like about that thing. And, you know, you can revisit next year, talk to somebody and say, here's the things I didn't like about this curriculum. Here's the things I did like, and that will help be able to shape the curriculum that you choose that will hopefully, you know, fit your family. Um, yeah. I think that none of us can do this alone. Like we need that community. And I couldn't even having been home educated, there's no way that I could do this without all of the other moms and the support. And so that's another thing. I think kind of going back to a previous the previous question and the success of homeschooling, one of the things that we've seen with students where it has been unsuccessful are the families that really were isolated and did do that homeschool thing by themselves and to the detriment of their students and their families. I personally think so whatever you do, find people to do it with. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Well, you guys are a bit further down the uh, homeschooling trail than us. Your kids are a bit older and you guys are a real inspiration to talk to and a joy. So it has been a pleasure, David and Heather. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast, Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. It is our duty through our schools to create a new one, a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death.